Hey everyone, welcome to the Voices in Japan podcast with your hosts, as always, Ben and Burke. On today's show, we talk about the Go to Travel campaign that the Japanese government has introduced to encourage domestic travel and help boost local businesses due to the COVID pandemic. The Japanese government will provide subsidies of up to 50% on costs for hotels, transportation, restaurant shopping, and tourist attractions, all within Japan. Other things we talk about on the show are butchered English slogans, just like go to travel. Burke taking advantage of the campaign during a long four day weekend at the end of July, which was initially created to celebrate the 2020 Olympics, but we all know how that went down. Still, they kept the holiday, which was nice of them. We also talk about Tokyo being excluded from the campaign, Iwate Prefecture angry about outsiders visiting, my favorite places to travel in Hokkaido. Burke's experience of hiking Mount Fuji and much, much more. All right, enjoy the show. Go to travel, man. First of all, I just want to say that I don't like the name of this campaign because you know how good the Japanese are at just butchering English when it comes to slogans、uh, for campaigns like this. Like, go to travel already, that's you know, grammatically incorrect. And I'm a, I'm a bit of a stickler for grammar. Just like you said, it is like a bit of a weird name. I remember. I was at a company and like they always came up with like these、uh, slogans to help like motivate motivate the salespeople and everything. And they would just be the strangest names of, you know, like、uh, Blue Power or something, just really strange <laughs> names. But、uh, there was like this really important meeting and、uh, they're going to hold like these series of meetings around the country and、uh, they needed something to call like the theme of the meeting. <laughs> Hold on, is this, is this you talking about like your previous company that you're working for? Yeah, I won't say which company, but it was a company in the past, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, most of these slogans, like in, in your experience, are those people that are coming up with those slogans, are they Japanese people or are they getting some kind of feedback from you know, a Westerner or an English speaker at least? Usually, I mean, and usually always it's Japanese people, and probably about 10% of the time they're getting feedback from a native English speaker.、Uh, if it's a real important one, they do, but for some reason they didn't ask about this one. And the, the、uh, theme and the name that they gave to like all these important series of meetings that were going to take place was just the meeting. <laughs> <laughs> that was the theme of the meeting. Yeah, so like whenever it came up, like in all these like business discussions, everyone just kept calling it Zamitin Good. Zamitin Good. <laughs> But yeah, it is kind of like the go to travel campaign. Yeah, another, another good example of that is、uh, like Hitachi's slogan is、uh, <laughs> inspire the next. And it's like inspire the next what? <laughs> you yeah, know、exactly. what I mean? <laughs> and that's like, you know, Hitachi's one of the biggest companies in Japan. And I see their commercial on TV all the time. I'm just like, why don't you just ask someone who knows English how to you know, come up with a better slogan? 
So, uh, yeah, go to travel. Go to So where did you go to travel, Burke? You've actually used this campaign, right? You were saying to me earlier. Yeah, well, I mean, this is uh, last weekend was a four-day weekend because it was originally uh, supposed to coincide with the start of the Olympics uh, that would be going on right now. So they had like the long weekend planned out for that. And uh, yeah, so we had this long four-day weekend and we were like, man, we got to take advantage of this. Uh, government, Japanese government gave some money also for people to make it through the whole pandemic and everything. And um, so, yeah, we decided to book some nice uh, onsen in, uh, in Otaru that I never knew about. Whenever you think about going to a good onsen spot in around Sapporo, you think of Josanke or Noboribetsu or something. Um, but I've been seeing these articles about the, about these nice uh, onsen in, in Otaru. So, yeah, we decided to take advantage of a little bit of that government money uh, that was distributed, plus this go-to campaign. And uh, we booked uh, one night at two different uh, onsen. One is called Gindinso Onsen in Otaru. It's kind of up on the mountain. And the second place was uh, right down on the canal a place called Furukawa. Uh, both of those places are considered to be like two of the top uh, onsen in Otaru. Nice. We actually uh, stayed in an onsen in Otaru not too long ago, maybe about, yeah, probably about a month ago as well. One right next to the canal. I think it was called, I can't remember the exact name. I think it's called like Sona or something. It was like right opposite the Otaru beer factory. Is that one kind of like a white building? It's it's uh it's it's like a big gray building, but I think it was close to Furukawa, the one that you stay at. Yeah, that was more of a traditional style one, like the one where you stay at. Well, Sona was more of like a modern looking one. It seemed quite new, or it just been remodeled or something like that. But yours, I think Furukawa one's quite small, isn't it? Uh, well, yeah, I think Furukawa has a total of like forty rooms, um, but it is smaller. Uh, just like you said, this uh, kind of more traditional inside, uh, everything's made, of, made out of wood. Uh, we actually got a room that had a private onsen in the room, uh, cedar. It was made out of cedar, so it was really nice and relaxing. Um, but I'll be honest, like out of the two places, I really liked uh, the other place, Gindrinso, which is like up on the mountain. Uh, it only has, I think they said 17 rooms in like the whole place. So it feels like really private. Um, it used to actually be like this old rich fisherman owned this property and he built this place and now they use it as an onsen. Um, but it had a much more private feeling. Like they took really good care of you. Uh, they've converted rooms into like restaurants. And so we had like a really nice meal there. And uh, yeah, it was just a much more relaxing uh, time, which is kind of what you wanted at an onsen. You want to be able to just relax. And, and you, can, you can like drive into the city or take a taxi into the city if you want to enjoy Otaru. Uh, but Furukawa like is right on the canal, just like that place where you guys stayed. But Otaru itself was really good too, because there was hardly any, uh, you know, tourists in town. I know that may or may not be good for businesses in the area, but yeah, it was a really good feel. It was still crowded because we had like awesome weather over the weekend. Did you, um, did you book your trip to, for this go to travel campaign pretty early? Cause apparently I was reading the campaign, kicked off at like uh 22nd of july to august 31st and but during that time those dates is when you can i'm not 100 percent sure but that is the only time you can start booking 
Is that right? Uh, to, to claim money back. So during tw- from 22nd of July to 31st, travelers can um, receive 35% discount on their travel expenses. And then from September 1st, then they can receive another 15% back in the form of vouchers. So you can't get like the whole 50% cost of your trip, which is what the campaign is offering uh, straight away. Um, But also they were saying that like, if you booked your trip before, uh, before 22nd of July, or I'm not sure exactly, but you weren't eligible to get money back. So it depends when you actually book the trip. Yeah, I think as they said that, uh, just just like you were mentioning, if you book through participating travel agencies uh, after uh, the 22nd or when it started showing up, I think it was actually on the 24th, then yeah, you get uh, 35% off the travel expenses. And then just like you said, after September 1st, 15, you start to receive up to 50% of your trip in vouchers uh, to use at local businesses at the vacation, at the spots where you visit. But there's a lot of small uh, rules and stuff. Like for hours, uh, if you booked directly with the hotel uh, during a certain period and did not go through a travel agency, then you can also claim back uh, up to 35% of your travel expenses uh, through the campaign. But there's actually a cap. For day trips, you can only receive up to Ichiman per day. And uh, for overnight, you can only receive up to uh, Niman or 20000 of your uh, lodging expenses. So there, there's a cap and it's up to uh, those amounts or 35% of your, uh, of your trip if it was is less that, than those. Is that per person? Well, actually, to be honest, yeah, that's the part we don't know specifically, but we think it's uh, of the total trip. It's not per person because uh, then you may need to submit uh, separate um, claims for each person. So I don't think it's per person. I think it's per trip, actually, or per booking, yeah. yeah. And you booked this one direct through the hotel? Or was that through a travel agency? Yeah, we did both of them uh, directly. Uh, and the second place, Furukawa, down on the canal, was a little bit less expensive than the first place. Um, but we did them both directly. So, yeah, they were expensive places. But, again, we used some of that government support money because uh, we want to put it back in the economy. And also, uh, yeah, we get uh, through the go-to travel campaign, we get uh, some money back as well. Mm. Yeah, there was a bit of a controversy as well just because um, they announced, I think it was like a day before <laughs> the campaign kicked off that, Tokyo was going to be excluded from the places that you could get discounts from, like travelers going to and from Tokyo. So a lot of people who had already booked their trips, they weren't going to be able to get any refunds back as well. Yeah, the people that are either traveling out from Tokyo or people that were trying to use the campaign to book into Tokyo. And again, that's because they're having the jump, so to speak, and infections in Tokyo. Yeah, I found like an article online about a couple that was going to Okinawa um, or they did plan a trip and then they found out that um, Tokyo was excluded so they weren't going to be able to receive that discount anymore. Yet they just decided to go anyway because it was kind of making up for their cancelled honeymoon that they were supposed to have due to coronavirus. So I think a lot of people from Tokyo had, had situations like that. 
Um, but yeah, and then there was a, there was a female office worker in Tokyo who was uh, going to go to Hokkaido for a three day three day trip that she reserved in June. Um, but then she decided to go anyway because the cancellation fees aren't going to come back. And uh, there was other other kind of complaints about those kind of situations where people aren't getting their money back. Yeah, actually, I think in most cases they're going to refund. The government's going to work directly to uh, refund those costs. Uh, I think there are certain limited cases where people aren't going to get their money back, but I think they're actually trying to have the government cover most of those. But just like you said, there are a lot of people that are against the campaign. I think they said like 74% of people or something in Japan times that were saying that they don't think the uh, campaign should take place because people are worried about the coronavirus and it's spreading. But a lot of other places like Nara Prefecture, like they were saying, you know, times have changed now and people are, have actually learned how to live with the, uh, with the virus. So there's, uh, you're only hurting people even more by, you know, canceling or leaving, uh, excluding Tokyo from the benefits of the, uh, of the campaign. But I mean, there's actually pretty crazy stuff like, uh, going on about people not wanting uh, outsiders to come in to their uh, to their prefectures, like Iwate Prefecture. It might be the only place still in Japan uh, has that it has not had any coronavirus cases yet, infections, and uh, they have a lot of signs up in local businesses saying that they will not serve people from outside of the prefecture. Oh, that's crazy. So they're going to like ask for ID or something or ask where people are from before they let them in. Yeah. Well, it's actually, I think that's probably what they're going to do, but it's gotten a lot worse than that. Like in this city called Kitakami, uh, there was a woman in May. She lives in Iwate, but she has, her car has Tokyo license plates and she had a gang of people like run up on her car and tell her that she needs to leave and she should be there. <laughs> wow. And, uh, so she's like stopped driving her car with the license plate. She only rides her bicycle. <laughs> there was another man who, I don't know if this is true or not, uh, but this is supposedly in the Mainichi Shimbun, uh, like a 70-year-old guy from Tokyo who had moved to Iwate, um, but uh, he got a cold shoulder from all of his neighbors when he moved there in April. And uh, so he event- eventually decided to, moved to a new apartment still in Iwate and I don't know if this is true or not but it said that the fire broke out in the building next to his and uh and he his building burnt down with him inside of it and apparently oh, like nobody rushed in to help them and they're trying to say maybe it's because he was out of town or something I don't know if that's a true story or not but it was in the Japan Times and in the opinion section quoting the uh so yeah a lot of people are actually pretty uh, worried about it i mean you know we're so happy to be able to use it and go out on our vacation here in hokkaido and everything uh but you know for some people this is a very very big issue Mm. are you going to use it again to travel around other places of japan because we were thinking about using it but only to travel around hokkaido because um because yeah my my family's worried about moving around japan like uh, trying to keep it within Hokkaido is, is not so bad, but move in. Cause I was thinking of going to like Okinawa or something. Um, Cause I've never been there before, but then um, the missus was just like, Okinawa is going to be packed. Like that's where everyone's going to want to go. And especially to use the, the government funding or how, how much they're going to reimburse us with. Um, so yeah. So she, she said that she would rather not 
travel abroad or outside of Hokkaido, just uh, just stay within Hokkaido. So we're we're looking at trying to use it within there. But like you said, you kind of it's only for certain companies or hotels and uh, travel agencies that actually participate in the campaign, right? So it's not like every it's not like everything, right? And I think just like you said, like some prefectures or and Hokkaido is one of them. Uh, they're encouraging only travel within the prefecture or just to neighboring prefectures that the neighboring prefectures are also okay with it. Mm. But I mean, we do have uh, Obone break coming up summer break uh, in a few weeks here in, in Japan. Usually people get like a, at least three days off or up to a week um, from work. We have that coming up. So we are kind of thinking that we want to use it again, but just like you, uh, we'll, we'll probably only travel within Hokkaido. Did you guys, uh, were you guys able to go out and enjoy this four day weekend anyways, doing something? Yeah, else? well, we initially we were planning to go camping, but me being me, I always leave things to the last minute. So we were trying to book a campsite like two days before the, the long weekend was going to start. And unexpectedly everywhere was like completely booked. So we didn't go camping, but we ended up going to uh, to one of the beaches, uh, Ranchima Beach. You know Ranchima right. Beach, but we used to we used to go there a lot back in the day. Mm. We used to do like an, an annual trip out there, yeah. which uh, which I which for me, I think Ranchima Beach is one of the nicest beaches in Hokkaido. I mean, I haven't the beaches aren't well known, or Hokkaido isn't known for having like beautiful beaches, but um, but Ranchima is pretty good. Like it's um, it's not golden sand. It's it's yellow sand and uh, it's like in a cove. So there's trees and mountains everywhere. And it's kind of a distance away from the main road. So you don't hear any cars. There's not much infrastructure around. Just a couple of a beach, just a few beach huts that sell food. And, and there's some restaurants. But uh, it's really kind of tranquil around there, which I was very surprised about when I first went there. Um, the water's really clear. It's clean. Um, but it was it was pretty busy. Um, I mean, I remember when we used to go, probably about like five or six years ago, it was never that busy in the summer. Like it was busy enough, but it wasn't like packed. And when we went, it was packed. It was just like tents everywhere and people barbecuing everywhere. Um, but it was nice. I mean, we, we had a great time. Um, weather was good. Uh, we, we bought a new grill that we, we used for the first time. Nice. Stayed there for a few hours. Um, it's only like, I think it was about an hour and a half drive from Sapporo. Um, traffic wasn't too bad. So yeah, yeah, that's what we did one of the days. Um, and then the other days we kind of just went, went to the local shopping malls and walked around, but, uh, nothing, nothing too strenuous, just uh, very, very relaxed. Yeah. Ranchima is really good. It, it's a little bit further away from Sapporo than, uh, maybe a couple of the other, beaches but it's definitely a lot nicer than those other beaches that are closer um i think on the train it takes like uh because you have to go past otaru so it, from Sapporo, so it takes like maybe a, the train also takes about an hour and a half or something uh so actually i don't know which is f- faster the car or the train it seems like the car would be yeah um, i remember going by train we had to transfer i think it's transferring at otaru and there was a little bit of a wait and so that kind of made it a little bit longer. And also coming back, there wasn't that many trains. So you had to kind of limit your time there. But it was it's obviously it's a lot 
more uh, a lot less stress when you're taking the train because you can just relax and and it's very close to the beach it's walking distance so it's like a 10 minute walk from the from ranchima train station yeah was anybody uh, like wearing masks and stuff at the beach actually no 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 one was wearing a mask yeah like we got down there and we were the only people wear masks when we got onto the beach so i think once everyone got onto the beach they just took their masks off yeah, I would be surprised, I guess. I actually don't know. I might be surprised if people are wearing masks just because like, you do feel like you get pretty hot wearing a mask and everything. Yeah. Plus, you're outdoors. Yeah, and everyone's uh, like swimming and stuff too. You can't swim with a mask on, I guess. I haven't seen that yet. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that's, that might be the next thing, waterproof masks. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be great. Man. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so, well, that's, yeah, I mean... And we have like amazing weather. I mean, I think it rained like very a little bit the first couple of days or something. But Wait, the forecast was kind of you know it was it was looking bleak. It was like cloudy and there was like thunder and lightning forecast in the weather. But the forecast was completely wrong, man. It's like today is a uh, you know beautiful weather. It's a little bit windy, but um, but the sun's out. You know, it's hot. It's like twenty nine, twenty eight degrees or something today. Yeah, and it's it's kind of hard to think about because not only would the Olympics be going on right now, but man, we'd be like right smack in the middle of beer garden season. Oh man, man, do you know what's happening in beer garden? They're they're doing a special one block beer garden instead of the whole park. I think it's block eight or something like that. But you have to make a reservation to uh, to join, and I'm not sure when it starts. It might be the end of July like July 31st or something like that. Did you hear about that? Yeah, I remember. I did hear a little bit of something about it. I've kind of, I don't want to, I mean, I'm tempted to look at it just because I miss beer garden so much, but I'm, I almost don't want to look at, look at it because I don't want to see something disappointing, you know, like uh, just reminding me of that it's not beer garden. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's a few different like small beer gardens around the city too. There's one like, you know, in front of uh, Daimaru. Yeah. Big, yeah. And yeah. And, and the one on the roofs, uh, rooftops, I think uh, Parco have one. Um, I think all the usual ones are still going. It's just the main Odori Park beer garden that's not on. Right. Right. So. But I haven't, I haven't been to any yet. I haven't been to any beer gardens yet. Um, I want to check out some, but as long as it's not too crowded, because I don't, you know, I don't really want to be among too many people still trying to social distance i mean i'm not as worried as before but it's you know it's always better to take precautions yeah it's hard to no, i mean they are saying you know that's unfortunately where a lot of the infections are being reported from are the nightlife type places bars uh especially in tokyo there are a lot of problems in kabukicho but they actually just said uh a few days ago they had their first infection at like the Sapporo beer factory restaurant place. Oh no. Haven't you been going there a lot recently? <laughs> I haven't been there recently. I think uh, I took some friends there uh, earlier this year, but no, <laughs> been there a lot recently. But, but yeah, so yeah, I don't know. We'll see what happens. Yeah. Um, there's people on both sides of the opinions and everything. So just depends on, I guess, who you talk to, but let's move on to our uh some favorite places or some trips that we've we've been on it doesn't have to be 
Hokkaido, could be Japan. I mean, I yeah. haven't traveled to too many places in Japan. So, um, but yeah, my, my favorite place I've been have uh, pretty much been in Hokkaido. Yeah, I think I've, I've probably mentioned some of these places before, but um, definitely Naboribetsu Onsen is one of my favorite places. I try to go there at least once or twice a year. And yeah, what I really like about Naboribetsu Onsen is just it feels like a real traditional onsen village or town like when you when you're there everything around you is onsen right it's just like all these onsen hotels and then there's like a walking trail with a hell valley um where you can see like smoke coming out of the ground and yeah there's like the big giant ogre statues which is uh which are the the mascots of naboribetsu and and yeah, what I really like about that place is, you know, everyone kind of dresses up in their yukata from the onsen and then they just go out into the town and just walk around and, you know, go to the shops, go to eat, uh, eat ramen or something at nighttime and they're all wearing like yukata. So it kind of feels like every, you're back in like the Edo period or something. So that's what I really like about that. And it's a, it's a very unique place. Like you don't get that feel in somewhere like Jozanke Onsen, for example. Have you been to Naboribetsu uh, during different seasons? Uh, I've only been in spring and autumn, so I've never been in winter, actually. I think mm. that would be quite a good experience. That was kind of the uh, good thing about that first place we stayed at last weekend, Ginjinso, is because it's kind of up on the mountain. It's within nature. So you do feel like more of the uh, kind of get the onsen feeling, but definitely there's not a lot more onsen around like in Noboribetsu. So it doesn't feel like a village too much. Mm. Um, yeah. yeah. And another, another favorite place of mine, which uh, you also like Burke is uh, obviously Toya, Toya Lake, Toya Cole, but especially staying at um, our friends places. Cause we have a, we have some friends that have places in Toya Cole and you went there recently, Burke, I, I heard. And uh, I just love going there because, you know, for barbecues and there's nature and swimming in the lake. I, I went, uh, I think it was last weekend, actually. Yeah, and I went for a swim in the lake for the first time this year. And it was beautiful. It was like just the right temperature, not too cold, clean. Um, and I think we we went to the same spot that you went to as well, Burke. And and my, one of our friends was saying that you you didn't have any uh you didn't have any kind of shoes to go into the lake because it's like all covered in rocks. So yeah. you're basically on all of your fours in pain trying to crawl out like an old granny or something. And, and my <laughs> friend was just telling me that story and it just made him laugh a lot. <laughs> he he may think I look like an old granny. I prefer to think I look like a tiger kind of walking on <laughs> yeah, all yeah. fours, prowling into the water. <laughs> but I can imagine that because I remember the first time I went there and I didn't have any um, shoes as well to go in. And I was exactly the same way. Like it's pretty painful, those rocks, if you don't have uh, some kind of footwear to go in. Yeah, I definitely will be prepared next time to either have like sandals or aqua socks or, yeah, yeah. or something. I mean, I was kind of thinking I needed to bring sandals, but I thought, ah, but yeah, it's like walking on uh, big pointed rocks. It doesn't work too well. Yeah, I got I got given the warning after uh, after your attempt of warding in there. So <laughs> make, make sure you bring some sandals because what happened to Burke there? week before <laughs> yeah i mean that's a, that is a, a really beautiful area uh it's caldera lake 
uh, so former volcano or active volcano, I guess I'm not sure, but um, it's conveniently located close to Chitose, close to Rasutsu, close to other places. So definitely a favorite place of mine going forward too. Mm. Are you, um, was that your first time you went out there to, um, to visit those guys? Yeah, just because usually it's hard to kind of tell my wife, uh, you know, I'm going to take off for the weekend. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, just because yeah. we have the young kid at home. But yeah, I mean, I think I've been out there before, like long, a long time ago, over 10 years ago with some Japanese people that took me out there just to see it. But I didn't really have time to go around the lake and enjoy everything. So mm, yeah, yeah, it makes a difference when you can stay over and, uh, and when you're so close as well yeah like having a fire in the evening and barbecuing also staying in shackletown was a is a is a good good place to go as well which is the west of uh of hokkaido kind of northwest of sapporo which is a bit further out i think it's like a two and a half hour drive but shackletown is is beautiful that has like the most cleanest clearest water that i've seen in like my whole life like we're everywhere that i've been around the world it's like the best water I've swam in. And just because, you know, it's not really um, a beach area. So there's not, there's no sand. It's all like rocks and um, uh, caves. That's why the water's so clear. But camping there, usually we, we do like a, a yearly camping trip to, uh, to Shackleton. Um, and that's always a good time as well. Just, uh, you know, going to a campsite, barbecuing, hanging out for a couple of days. So those are, those are my kind of favorite places in Hokkaido to go to. But I still haven't been east of Hokkaido yet. There's uh, Shiretoko, which is yeah. very, very famous. But that's, that's a good kind of three-day trip just to get out there. Um, so you need at least a week to, to fully appreciate it. Um, and most people in Japan don't really have a week off unless it's in the the summer holiday or the winter holiday. Um, yeah, but hopefully that that's definitely on my agenda to head out East sometime. Yeah, I think you can, I mean, you can fly out to some of the airports out there, uh, get out there much quicker, but if you drive, yeah, it definitely takes at least like a full, uh, drive of, uh, leaving early in the morning, arriving late at night, uh, to you- make it all the way out there. And- So what about you? What uh, what places have you enjoyed so far in uh, in Japan? Well, uh, just like you, there's a lot more places that I want to go. I always mention like going down to Kyushu. I've been to Kyushu before, but there are a lot more places I want to go there. But just for this, uh, uh, thinking about something uh, for this episode, I was actually thinking about uh, the time we climbed. Well, my friends and I climbed Mount Fuji. Uh, because uh, I think Merrick brought it up in the Hacking Tokyo podcast that he had mentioned that they had done a little bit of the hiking of Mount Fuji, but um, it's kind of a bit of a cheesy experience because it's not like real mountain climbing. In fact, it's more like hiking. It's kind of embarrassing to talk about, you know, so soon after having Ido on the podcast talking about his backpacking through like 60 countries or whatever, 65 countries. So it's not it's not a difficult hike to do Fuji. No, it's uh, it's it's not at all. There's a clear path all the way up to the top. I think they say there's like five different spots. So it's basically like ten levels. The mountain is divided in ten levels, and most people start the hike 
uh, from the fifth level. Um, and they have at the fifth level, there's actually, I think five different spots where you can start climbing, but there's one really, really, uh, popular, uh, famous spot. I think it's called the Fuji Subaru station. And, uh, no, it's, it's not like, um, it's nothing like uh, real backpacking or mountain climbing. Um, so you don't, you don't need like proper hiking gear or anything to, to do it. Well, you definitely need proper shoes. Um, and it helps to have like a walking stick and they sell walking sticks like at those stations and everything. Um, but you don't need like climbing gear. Uh, definitely none of that. Um, and you know, there's like thousands of people that climb during the season, which is like July through August is the main part of the season. And in fact, like the day that we showed up, um, there was probably like close to a thousand or over a thousand people there just at that station. Um, cause you can take buses from like Tokyo and you can actually take trains, uh, a certain ways out and then take buses as well. But you take the bus like all the way up to that spot and it's like kind of like a tourist location. There's like a bunch of restaurants and, uh, there might even be like a hotel there or something. And literally there's like dozens of buses, uh, showing up with people that are going to start climbing. And these are all people that are going to start climbing at midnight. I think it's 11 PM or at midnight you start climbing because uh, it takes like between five to seven hours uh, to get to the summit at a good pace so that you can see the sun rising because the sun comes up at like 4.30 or something, four o'clock. So maybe you are supposed to, uh, I mean, not everybody makes it up to the summit to see the sunrise. And a lot of people like uh, there's mountain huts at each of the locations beyond five as well. It's like a six, seven and eight. Uh, there's several mountain huts along the way that people stay overnight uh, so you can kind of make it a multi-day experience of climbing. But the thing is, is we got there and we wanted to be the first people to the top. And I might've <laughs> mentioned this before. So we like made sure that as soon as they let people start climbing, like we made sure we were the first people to start out. And uh, the problem is at this uh, very popular spot, Fuji Subaru, there's the Yoshida trail, which goes to the, t the top and there's the Ochido trail it's like just a regular hiking trail. It's like five kilometers. And we started off and we we're like walking, walking, walking. Like 40 minutes later, we're like, this trail doesn't seem like it's going up at all. <laughs> and I think we even came to the end of like the trail. It was like five kilometers. And we realized that it was the wrong trail. <laughs> so we had to double back. And so we get back to the starting point. And now not only, you know, are we not going to be like at the front of the line, but we're at the very, very back <laughs> of the line of all the people that started climbing. So, and and can you can you overtake people or is it like you have to go in a uh, single file or something like that? Or Yeah, there, there's some spots where you can overtake people and there's some spots where you have to go single file. But like, uh, so what happened is the group that I went with, like uh, a lot of the people, in fact, all of them, they went out like uh, partying the night before, like <laughs> okay and everything in Tokyo. Because some of the guys are even from overseas. And so, like, they were all hung over the next day. I mean, we didn't start climbing until that night, but they were all in, like, pretty bad shape. And back, like, after we climbed, like, to the from fifth to the sixth spot, like, one young lady that was climbing with us, like, dropped out immediately. <laughs> and she was, like, she was done. And uh, so I was sitting there, like, climbing with all these other guys. But, again, they were, like, not they were all feeling pretty sick. So, finally, they were just, like, you can go ahead, you can go ahead. And so I just like started charging up the mountain and I had to pass like hundreds of people along the way. <laughs> I was like determined to get to the, uh, 
the sunrise, you know, <laughs> when the sun came up. And at every location I came to, I was like, which spot am I at? They're like, oh, you're at number seven. I'm like, which spot I was at? And like, finally, after just like rushing and like going past like hundreds and hundreds of people, I was like dead tired. And I'm like thinking like how many, I thought I had like one more spot to climb up and the people there were all like, no, no, you've made it. You've made it to the top. You're here at the top. But it was like pitch black. Uh, it's like winter weather at the top. So everyone's like kind of huddled up and like uh, covered up in their coats and everything. Um, but I didn't make it to see the sunrise. So after all, oh, of nice. that, yeah. but none, none of the other group made it. Yeah, they didn't make it for the top to the sunrise, but that's the good thing about that uh, the trail, the Yoshida Trail is you can actually, and that's why it's the most popular is because you can see the sunrise from any location along the trail. Oh, nice. Yeah, and it's actually pretty crazy because when the uh, when the sun comes up and you're if you're at the top, there's actually like restaurants at the top and everything, um, but they start playing Kimigayo, the national anthem for Japan. Mm-hmm. Oh, when the sun's coming up. Yeah, and like everybody, it's pretty sur- surreal because like everybody gets quiet and like faces and turns and faces the sun, and wow. then like you look down the mountain and there's like this trail of like hundreds of people going down, and the whole thing stops. And everyone, well, the, like, the, you mean the trail? Like everyone, everyone stops climbing. Yeah, because like when the sun rises, everyone like stops climbing, like turns towards the sun. Wow. So, so, so it's pretty weird. Like yeah, it sounds like, pretty amazing actually. Yeah, yeah it's, it's experience. Yeah, I had like Kimi Gaio like playing in the background, the national anthem of Japan. I'm like looking down and like seeing like all these people stopping and paying homage to like the sunrise. It was uh, it was kind of like a little bit religious or something, you know. Mm. So you but, recommend it? You recommend doing it at least at least once? People always say, you know, they would do it once but never again, just because yeah. of because uh, of how busy it is and how slow you kind of have to go. Yeah, I would definitely recommend doing it once. It's like one of those things to do in Japan that you can mm. say that you did. Uh, I would not recommend it if you think you're going to go like on a serious like backpacking trip like up, up, up a mountain in Japan. There's mm. nothing like that. Um, but I would definitely recommend it once. You've never done it, before? Never done it. I've never done it. I've I've thought about it, but um, I kind of like you know uh, like proper hikes where there's not too many people around and I can go at my own pace. Like I don't want to be be held up by other people just because you know there's there's too many and i don't want to be like in single file because it takes a long time right it takes like what five or six hours you were saying yeah i think from that spot it's uh the average is like five to seven hours but that was the other strange thing is because like you know we went the wrong way and then came back and then started climbing and i was being slowed down by like all these people that were in front of me too but i must have climbed that thing in like close to record time man like, <laughs> four hours or something because i was like determined to get there to the top but what yeah what about coming down? Was coming down um, just as kind of tedious where you have to go in single file? Was it a bit, is there a quicker way down? No, the, so what, you go down a separate path uh, and that, man, that one is almost like a road. It's not like paved or anything, but it's like a really thick, like gravel, gravelly, rocky type place. And you can just like fly down that. Like, <laughs> it only took us like three and a half hours to get down. Like everybody in our in our group yeah. uh, so it takes a lot less time and it was like a beautiful day coming down you can see like the valley and everything uh, all the way nice. out to the ocean so it's uh yeah i would definitely recommend it at least once all right maybe, maybe i'll do that um one summertime right is, is the time to do it yeah i mean and it's yeah. pretty crazy like this year it's uh it's all shut down because of coronavirus i'm sure there's some people probably climbing it anyways but uh mm. 
Yeah, there's only like two months, and you're not supposed to do it outside of two months. There's like a tragic story of a guy who fell off, actually, I think last year or a few years ago, within the last few years. He was actually like uh, videotaping with his GoPro camera. And oh, man. He like slipped, and the video is like out there. Oh, no. So, uh, yeah. But uh, so, yeah, definitely make sure that you climb during season. Okay. And the season is what, July to September or something? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I, that'll be on my my list of things to do in Japan. I mean, I've been there, yeah, nearly thirteen years, and I still haven't considered doing it. But after hearing that story, I think uh, I think I might go now. Yeah. Just make sure you uh, you uh, choose the right path. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> cool. Well, uh, I think we're coming up to about that time. Uh, we've been recording for a while, but. Um, just uh, listeners, if you uh, if you enjoy the show, if you enjoy hearing Burke and I talk about our experiences, you can uh, you can support us by leaving a donation if you like by clicking the link in the show notes. Or what would really help us is if you left us a review um, and a rating, um, especially on Apple Apple Podcasts slash iTunes, and that will help um, potential listeners to uh to click on us um yeah so that would that would help us out a lot um and also if you wanted to start a podcast yourselves you think it's a easy thing to do i mean a lot of people are starting podcasts these days uh you can click on our affiliate link we use uh, buzzsprout as our podcast hosting site and they're, they're they're really good so yeah if you want to do that click on that link as well also in the show notes yeah, and also uh, we've been having a lot of uh, interesting people, uh, opportunity and privilege to talk to a lot of interesting people on the show. So if uh, you'd like to be a guest on the show, please reach out and uh, let us know. All right. Thanks for thanks for joining us again, everyone, and uh, catch you next time. Bye. Bye. <laughs>